Many years ago, in the winter of 1990, I guess that's, what, 27 going on 30 years ago, I had the great privilege of traveling to the Holy Land and visiting many of the sites there that are recorded in Scripture. And for me, this really helped the Scriptures to come alive as the place names and the topography and the landscape were transformed from mere words and maps into real life. And being there in person to walk where Jesus walked, it was an amazing experience and a great blessing. One of the places our tour group visited was Tavga which some of you may be familiar with. It is right on the Sea of Galilee. And this site marks the place where it is believed Jesus accomplished that very miracle that is recorded in today's gospel lesson, the feeding of the 5,000. That's where I got this plate and on it, are inscribed, there's a basket with five loaves, two fish, and uh, this same scene is embedded as a mosaic in front of the altar uh, there at this little church. Like many places in and around the Holy Land, there is a house of worship there at this site, and it is called the Church of the Multiplication of Loaves and Fishes appropriately. And at the entrance to the church is a plaque with this inscription, Jesus, love incarnate, is constrained to help wherever he sees his children in want or distress, but he waits for empty hands outstretched to him wherein he may lay his gifts empty hands outstretched to him. As we consider Jesus' multiplication of those five loaves and those two fish, we also come before the Lord with empty hands that are outstretched to him so that the Lord may lay his gifts in our hands, trusting that Jesus is more than able to provide for our needs and thus receiving good gifts from the Lord, we are moved to love and serve others even as the Lord has loved and served us. Our summer preaching series on the Augsburg Confession continues today as we focus on the new obedience, faith, and good works. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching, the hearing, and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. It all begins with the terrible news that John the Baptist had been killed by Herod. That's how today's gospel lesson begins. Now when Jesus heard this, the news about John's death, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. That's a need we have too, isn't it? From time to time in our own lives, we need to get away 
from the noise and demands of life. And so it was with Jesus. He felt the pressing need to get away from the crowds and the noise just to have some alone time. But it was not to be. The crowds, with all of their demands, hunt him down. And they are there waiting for Jesus when he comes ashore. Sort of like the New Testament version of paparazzi, I suppose. So how would you feel if this happened to you? You were trying to get away from it all for some quiet time. And suddenly, that's all thrown out the window. Well, I confess, I likely would not be very charitable or kind. But that's not Jesus' response. We are told that he had compassion on them and healed their sick. You see, it is Jesus' compassion that moves him to act as he did, healing the sick, multiplying a few loaves and some fish to feed 5,000 men plus women and children too. That is the immediate physical need. But underlying it is an even greater, deeper, spiritual need. And not just of the people gathered there at the seaside on that day long ago, but every man, woman, and child throughout history, that same spiritual need is running through all of our lives. That need is a need for identity and purpose and meaning in life that can only be answered by the Lord. That need can only be met through the saving grace and compassion of Jesus Christ who lived and died and rose again that we might have identity and purpose and meaning in life, that we might be set free from sin and death, and in Jesus, that we might know for certain that God is for us, not against us, and that nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. With the heart of compassion, Jesus, who is the bread of life, feeds not only bodies, but souls as well. What Jesus has done for us opens our hearts and our minds to a new obedience. We talked about this, as we do every Sunday in the Confession of Sins. Did you catch it? Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. That's the new obedience. The old obedience is very different. It's based on pride, on fear, 
on anxiety. It's thinking that it's our obedience which moves God to love and accept us. It's a relationship with God that is based on if, then. If I'm obedient enough, if I try hard enough, if I am good enough, then God will have to love and accept me. Trouble is, we can try and be and do all of these things, but we will fall short. It just doesn't work. And it leaves us in this constant state of uncertainty, wondering where we stand with our Maker and Redeemer. The old obedience leads us to see God, our Maker and Redeemer, as angry, vengeful, demanding. There's a better way. Not if, then, but because, therefore. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who would be born, who would live, who would suffer and die in our behalf, who would rise again in triumph over death and the grave to redeem us through his precious blood so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Therefore, we have been set free. We've been set free from that old obedience rooted in pride and in fear and anxiety. Faith based on if then puts the burden on us, on our shoulders, on our own efforts, but faith based on because, therefore, removes that burden because that burden has already been carried through Jesus. And he carried it for you and for me, for all of us. For Jesus' sake, God is at peace with us. And we are now called to a new obedience, an obedience based not on fear or anxiety, but faith based on joyful thanksgiving. As the recurring refrain from Psalm 136, which we read together, reminds us, for his steadfast love endures forever. Go home and read the rest of the psalm. We only read a part of it today. There's more. Psalm 136, for his steadfast love endures forever. My friends, the difference between if then and because therefore is as dramatic as night and day. The former leads to death, but the latter leads to life. 
Good works then, they, they flow out of this faith that's rooted in because, therefore. And these good works, they're not something we parade before God or others saying, look at me, look at me, see what I'm doing? No. The focus is not on ourselves, but on the Lord and on the needs of our neighbor. This is all about that fourth mission practice of joining Jesus on his mission. Anybody remember what's the fourth mission practice? Pop quiz, people. Aha, what is the good we can do around here? What's the good? we can do around here. And sometimes the good we can do around here is so simple and basic, we don't even have to think about it. It's just there and, and we do it. But at other times, the good God is calling us to do, it may take some figuring out, some, some planning, because the need is bigger and more complex. We may need to involve other people who can help do good with us. Regardless whether the need is simple and basic or big and complex, at the heart of it all is compassion. Compassion is what moved Jesus to heal the sick, to feed the multitude. Compassion moves us to help wherever we see help is needed. Matthew's account of this miracle doesn't record this, but it is found in John's Gospel, that when the disciples looked at their meager resources to feed such a huge crowd, their response was, what are they, these five loaves and two fish, what are they among so many? Often in life, that's our response too. We see only what we do not have. And whatever we do have isn't enough. It's never enough because we operate from a faith based on scarcity because we're looking at the resources which I can generate, which I can do, which I can supply. And what we fail to remember is the truth born out of Jesus' multiplication of the loaves and fishes. Little is much in the hands of Jesus. At that inscription, on the entrance to the church by the Sea of Galilee. Remember, Jesus waits for empty hands outstretched to him wherein he may lay his gifts. Good works which spring out of this new and joyful obedience to the Savior, they're going to look different in each of our lives because we're going in different directions. We live in different places. We have interaction with different people. We have different circumstances in our individual lives. But here's the really amazing thing. In doing good to others, Jesus reveals that we are actually rendering good 
to him. He tells us, I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was sick and in prison and you visited me. Whatever good we may be permitted to do in this life, these works are not by accident, not happenstance. And the Word of God is very clear about this. Paul the Apostle writes in Ephesians chapter 2, and Lutherans love verses 8 and 9 in Ephesians chapter 2, right? For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not because of works, so that no one may boast. We love that because it's all about pure and undeserved grace. But let's not forget that verse 10 follows verses 8 and 9, which says, For we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hmm. These things aren't by accident. They're not happenstance. They have been prepared beforehand through God's almighty and all-gracious plan that we should walk in them. Confident that because we are loved and forgiven by God for Jesus' sake, therefore, let us go forth from the Lord's house to love and serve our neighbor for Jesus' sake, that is the new obedience. God help us to do this for Jesus' sake. Amen. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. Your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen.